It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Baby blue, just like we Oh, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am. You had better. Let's wake them up, get them up, get them going. It is Thursday on Hook Em Up with Ian Rodby, and it is a uh, much colder and windier Thursday or morning than it has been, that's for sure. 46 degrees in the ATX, and the breeze continues to blow as we get you up and out. Appreciate you being there wherever you find us as we launch our five-hour Thursday conversation. The final day of February, leap year 20 and 24. Of course, it's the uh, 29th of February. Happens every four years, and... Uh, Look forward to spending it with you. Appreciate you finding us on 1019 AM 1260, maybe on uh, the Horn app. Certainly at hornfm.com as we get this up and running. And a lot to do. NFL scouting combine on-field workouts begin today for the big fellas. Defensive linemen and linebackers. We'll hear from uh, several Longhorns. Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, Jalen Ford, all going through media day yesterday in Indianapolis. We'll talk plenty of football and also college and pro basketball. Tough loss for the Longhorns last night north of the Red River. Uh... Last second uh, scramble drill ends up in a three-pointer, and the Horns fall at Oklahoma. We'll talk about it coming up. Uh, Mavericks get a big win last night. We'll talk about all those issues as we get you rolling on this Thursday morning. And as we say, appreciate you finding us however you do, 1019 AM 1260, streaming on the Horn app and always at hornfm.com. Look who it is. He's right on time as usual, making his way into the South Austin Onion Creek compound on this chilly morning. Uh, He is our... Shutdown corner, five hours a day, five days a week out of the 713 down in the uh, down in H-Town, of course, out of DB High down there. He is, of course, on his way to the to the, to the to DBU right here in the 512. He's a lifetime Longhorn. He's also the football theorist. He is Blackstradamus, the proud papa of Baby Monroe. What is up, Rod Babers? Hey, what's going on, brother? I appreciate the intro, and I appreciate the hospitality, as always. Uh, yeah, Thursday, man, getting it started with the Combine. So excited. I know a lot of Longhorn fans, Longhorn fans are excited. They should be because the Longhorns are well represented with 11 guys. Uh, so I'll probably be paying attention to every day of the Combine pretty much. Uh, so we'll talk about that coming up. And also, uh, there's some news in college football that we got to get to. Um, and there's also some uh, some other news with Dallas Cowboys that I think Uh-oh. is also relevant uh, that may or may not be good news for the Cowboys. We'll talk about that. Uh, before we do, <clears throat> let's give a shout-out to those who serve. Of course, we do it each and every morning, and we are proud and happy to do it because uh, it's the least that we can do. We don't say thank you enough to those who serve our society built on the selflessness of service to all those out there serving in any capacity, God, country, our community. We appreciate you, the soldiers, first responders, teachers, nurses, uh, officers of the law. We can't say uh, thank you to all the professions and all the people but we want to make sure we give that shout out each and every morning no question first responders in need yesterday several uh, of course the wildfires oh, but the panhandle panhandle okay. uh several fires throughout central texas yesterday including one big one I, that i drove right by rod right on 35 there at uh at old torf right by st edwards uh, kind of on the other side uh, one of the what, the hotel there, the Casulo Hotel, Man. and a building next to it caught on fire yesterday. It was a massive blaze, uh, and obviously these you know thirty thirty five mile an hour winds not helping with that yesterday. So thanks to our first responders, I think there was one uh, firefighter injured. Uh, fighting was a four alarm fire, um, of course, and you're trying to contain it because the wind's blowing like crazy, you know, pushing embers and whatnot. Yep. Uh, thank you to those first responders who rush into those situations and and uh, deal with that uh, without a doubt. But it was hey, a big old fire right off of thirty five yesterday so be careful if you're smoking and whatnot cigarette butts anything that's going to light is going to is going to go pretty quick today and then these these days so uh be safe about that be careful uh with what you're doing as we get you rolling on a thursday morning uh so we get some cowboys news we get some combine news let's start with the headlines the trending topics to start your thursday morning to get this show uh fired up top gun rentals and lawn equipment 
in their brand new location course in Buda, Texas, USA, America, bringing the headlines and top stories. Start with college hoops. Yeah, crushing loss north of the Red River for the third-ranked Texas women last night. Big Schaefer's long ones had rolled off nine, uh, eight in a row, looking to make it nine at Oklahoma last night and looking to pull even with first place Oklahoma top the Big 12 standings and they held the lead 70-68 to 68 with under 10 seconds to go and then after a scramble drill for a rebound Longs had a chance to get a hold of it couldn't get it the ball ended up in the hands of Oklahoma senior Lexi Keys who drained the game winning three-pointer with four seconds left on the clock or under four seconds to give the Sooners a 71-70 lead they held on uh, for the victory in the outright Big 12 regular season title second win for the uh, Sooners over the Longhorns this year uh, that was the first loss for, for Texas last nine games. Madison Booker had 26 points, eight rebounds, seven assists for the Horns, who fall to 26-4 and four on the year, 13-4 and four on the year. Still plenty to do. Uh, they'll host BYU in their regular season, regular season finale on Saturday, uh, but a tough one there. Luka Doncic had 30 points, 16 assists, 11 rebounds on his 25th birthday last night to lead the uh, Mavericks to a 136-125 win in Toronto. One night after that uh, stunning loss in Cleveland, Kyrie Irving scored 15 of his 29 in the fourth quarter to lead the way for the Mavs there. Today is the first day of on-field workouts, as we mentioned, at the NFL Scouting Combine with the defensive linemen, linebackers, going through their weigh-ins and then hitting the field at Lucas Oil Stadium in, in Indianapolis. Three former Longhorns in action today, Byron Murphy, Tavondre Sweat and Jalen Ford will all be put through their paces. Wednesday's portion of the week-long event saw each prospect made available to the media for Q&A sessions. All three Longhorns confirmed that they've met with informally both the Cowboys and the Texans while they've been in Indianapolis. Tavondre Sweat, meanwhile, confirmed he will participate in all of the on-field workouts and weigh-ins today, uh, as will Murphy, who talked yesterday about playing alongside the Allen Trophy winner while at Texas. Playing next to Tavondre, you know, uh... Obviously, uh, first, I just want to say it was a blessing, you know, just to play with him. And uh, playing with a guy like that, you know, he, he makes it easier for me, you know, and I also make it easier for him. And, you know, you know, each and every day we just pushed each other every day just trying to be great. You know, we competed every day. And we also, you know, uh, I say we took a big step, a big role, you know, leading the defensive line. I feel like we, we led him in the right way. So defensive backs, linebackers today, tight ends, and defensive backs will work out tomorrow, which will include former Longhorns Jatavion Sanders and Ryan Watts. Saturday will feature the quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. So uh, several Longhorns there. Jonathan Brooks, who won't work out because of the injury. Keelan Robinson, Xavier Worthy, and A.D. Mitchell, along with Jordan Whittington. Offensive lineman workout Sunday. That means Christian Jones wrapping it up on Sunday afternoon in, in Indianapolis. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new Buta location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. All right. A lot of stories. Not sure where to start. How about here? This is a weird story. I'm not sure where this is going. Um, Did you see the uh, story from The Athletic that um, there's discussion for the new a newer college football playoff format of a 3-3-2-2-1 model. Automatic bids to the the power four. This is the 14-team proposal? Yes, there's a 14-team proposal for a new college football playoff. They're just discussing it. It's just a discussion for the Big Ten and the SEC to get three automatic bids, for the ACC and the Big 12 to get two, and for the group of five to get one, plus three at largest. That would be the model that they're going for. So three SEC, guaranteed. This would be automatic bids. Yes, the playoff model would be automatic bids to the, to, to the power, really to the power four, and then the group of five would get one, and then three bids to remaining highest ranked at large teams. 14 team model. Okay, that, that that does not mean that would that would include conference champions. I'm that assuming. wouldn't. Yes, of course. Well, yes. I'm so, the automatic bids. Yes, I'm assuming that'd be one of them. You're right. That's got to be. I mean, that, there you go. So essentially, you get your conference champion and two other teams in the SEC and Big Ten. That's what the proposal would say. Yes. Okay, and then two from the ACC and the Big Twelve and the Big Twelve. One from the group, group of, of left, group of leftovers. <laughs> the leftovers. And then so two at large. Three. Three bids to remaining highest ranked at large teams. So it could be four SEC and four Big Ten. It could. <laughs> that's, that's the loophole. That's why I, 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 Read the language. Read the fine print. Read the fine print there. Read the fine print. Yes. 
So they, three guaranteed to the SEC, three yeah. guaranteed to the Big Ten. That's why I guess it could end up happening because the Big Ten SEC go, well, we're just going to end up getting those three remaining at-large bids. What, 80, 90% of the time? So that that's a proposal. I don't know. It may be, yeah, I don't I mean, like I said, I, I think they should just go ahead and go to 16 because I know that's where they're going anyway. I know you're going there. They already talked about that, too. There, there are other proposals being discussed, too, but that was one that leaked out, I imagine. It finalized stuff like that was starting in 2026, anyway. Yeah. We know that 2024-25 uh, will be 12 teams. That's already been agreed yeah. to. Yeah. The next two years is in, 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 in uh, rock solid yeah. of what it's going to be. They're trying to figure out what goes on beyond that. They're vetting other models. Vetting basically. other models is a good way to put it. Yeah, yes. look, I mean, do I like that? I, look, I, I mean. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's too complicated. It's, like, it's a lot going on. Uh, you know, yeah. it's just the conference commissioners trying to guarantee spots. I mean, you get, yeah, you're right. But look, if you're the Big 12, you're like, well, at least we're getting two. The you Big know? 12 should be ecstatic. I know, right? <laughs> we get like, two every year. That's ex- yeah, you should be ecstatic because that's a chance you get left out only get one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, I'm with you on that. That's. I mean, you're. You I mean that? I, I'm assuming that's why it's being proposed. Like, okay. Did we can we all sit here and assume that the SEC is going to get three each year anyway? Oh yeah, yeah no doubt. Uh, so then the Big Ten will get two. Big three. Ten typically can get yeah. three. Big Twelve, you know, Brett Yormark's going. Okay, we're guaranteeing ourselves what two every year, oh, and possibly a third if we if in an outlier year we've got a yeah you got one of those at large conferences. Yeah, he's got a strong uh, ACC in the same conversation. Um, you know, I, I I don't. It's the first I've heard of it. As you bring it up, I had not, yeah, had not like, read that story yesterday. I agree. You don't nobody. You don't love it, do you? No, <laughs> I don't hate it though. I mean, because yeah, it figured. almost it's almost how it's going to play anyhow. But the idea of guarantees, uh, I mean, it's almost like the ACC and Big Twelve. I, who proposed it? Do we know? Uh, I didn't. You know whose yeah, whose idea this was? That's a great question. I will have to read deeper into the to the uh, the article. The, the recent Ross Dellinger, I saw it first because it's not much different than I would anticipate it going on a. At, if we're going to fourteen teams. Um, that's about right. That's probably how it's going to be most times. I mean, the, the three guaranteed for the SEC, three for the Big Ten, and then two for ACC Big 12, that gets you to uh, to 10. And then the one for the at-large, and then three three wild cards. And that's your Notre Dame put possibly in the, yes. in the at-large whatever model. So, yeah, then put Notre Dame in there and then yeah. two more. Yeah. <laughs> probably well, for one, the ACC and the, the Big yeah, Ten. Yeah, like one from the Big Ten. One, did they get there four? I'm, yeah. You know. You think, so you're saying now like this, this would take it back to where the there would be a buys for the top two, and then the the the, the remaining twelve would play first round games. Dang, I believe so. That works. would give you six first round games with two two having buys, the highest two rated. You'd still have a commission, which I know a lot of people don't like, or the committee that would have to seed the whole thing once yeah, once the fourteen teams are. I think it'd be pretty obvious. Sure. Yeah, honestly, don't you think with that it'd be pretty obvious? Well, trust me, they'll well they'll be. Controversy, of course, one, because if it comes down to who gets a buy, the, the the debate about the two three will be debated. Yeah, will be debated uh, whether it's the SEC, Big Ten, ACC champ, Big Twelve champ. But that's good. A healthy debate in December is good, and and good football in December. I'm all for. Yeah. Um, so it's it, they said it's um, they said the three three two two one format is not surprising. Commissioners discussed a variety of new expansion. Models. It, does, it said um, it says it's seen as a compromise to the Big Ten and the SEC's initial proposal of four automatic bursts for those leagues, but it didn't say, I believe, in the article who proposed it initially. Um, but I, I'll try to do some research and find out who proposed it initially. That's that's a good question. Because but they're talking about another a number of different models. This is just one I think that either gained some momentum or that Ross Dellinger, one of the insiders, found out about. And he's the one that I think first had to report. Okay. So I mean they're they're going to expand it. I like I said first when I first heard of you know that they you know were you know solidifying the twelve team. I was like, well it, they're going to go to a higher number at one point because just because it's the projections for it are right now it they considered right now very profitable, <laughs> and the projections for the ratings are right now really really optimistic that they are going to. I mean, they're going to be competing with the NFL. I mean, they they believe <laughs> we talked about that that you know the NFL you know was a little surprised that college football decided even apparently their their the decision makers spoke about them playing on those Saturdays after the the season is done, which the NFL tries to take over, and college football decided no, nah, we want we want that Saturday. That's our day. That's our day. Um, we're going to showcase our best on that day, and I think they are going to 
kill it. We'll see if they can beat the NFL. That's a different discussion. Yeah, well, they're going to go head-to-head, it looks like. Yeah, that's like, and I think that day. they're confident. I mean, college football is that their product could, you know, compete with the NFL. We'll see. All right, we'll see. Uh, you know what they should do, Rod, which they'll never do? Let me just put this out there. They'll never do this. What they should do is there are ten conferences, correct? Four power, powers, four, and then six at large, right? There are six, whatever you call them, six, a group of six. So ten conferences, then the, then the independents, which is Notre Dame. They should just give – they should let every conference champion in and then two at large. Or four other. Well, I mean, if you're no. going to say 12. Well, listen, all I'm doing, we should meaning that would spread the recruiting out. You can go play wherever you want, and you play for a national title. Yeah. If you wanted, you, to, if you wanted to spread yeah. the wealth and give. If you wanted, okay, you're talking about fa- being fair. Yes. You're talking about equal now, opportunity. Remember, I said they'll never do this. Yes. Uh, yeah. You're talking about being fair. Now, yes, in the spirit what they should of fairness. Do, in the spirit of fairness, what yes, they should do is give course. every conference an of automatic course. bid. Of course. And then. Yeah, I agree with you. But, but they. You, Life's not fair in college football right now. Never going to happen. You know what college football is about right now. But think about how that would spread people out. Like it would. Kids could go wherever they want to go would, play. You'd get you, – you really would. You, you could – that would be a, distri- a redistribution of the wealth, essentially. Yes. The wealth and the resources of college football. Right now, the wealth and the resources of college football are being consolidated and monopolized, <laughs> essentially, by the SEC and the Big Ten. Like, that's just – that's, that's what's right. happening right now. And you're talking about kind of a redistribution of wealth. Correct. It, uh, it's, of it, the it, resources it's, it's of college completely football. completely outside the box. They're not I'm just saying if you, wanted yeah. to, if you wanted to do the best for the sport and the best for college football and the second most popular sport in North America, uh, that's what I would go with. Yeah. But they're not so, going to do that. They're not going to do that. Wanted, they want to see power yeah. and control and keep yeah. everything consolidated yeah. to the Big Ten and the SEC. I mean, that's what the NFL does, right? The NFL wants parity. They, yes. Everything the NFL does is about parity. That's that, everything that they do. They, that's about keeping essentially the league as competitive as possible. They want all their teams as close to 500 yes. as possible so that the fans are in it. And you guys are <laughs> essentially you are uh, fans who will keep, stay hopeful. All right. You'll stay hopeful the entire season that my team's got a shot. My team's got a chance. And that's what you're talking about. Yeah, you would you're start talking the about year with everybody believing we got a shot. And you had more, you'd have more hope in college football. And conference championships would become yeah. massive. No, I listen, I love the spirit of your idea. I just know in the world that college football has become. Ain't going to happen. <laughs> where, where the free market has hit. And, uh, yeah, that's man, part straight, of the straight be- cash homie is what this is about. Because we're almost to March. Today's the 29th, and today's the, uh, the final day of the month. Leap year, everybody. But, uh, you know, in college basketball, man. everybody has a chance. If you win your yeah. conference t- tournament, you're in. You got a shot. Yeah, no, I'm three hundred and thirty some teams can can make the tournament and be in and and be in the dance. Uh, it makes it uh, compelling, but at the same time, it ain't gonna happen. The, the power. And you the know power. what? But they expanded the playoff ultimately. To, what is the division two? Like twenty twenty six teams or twenty four teams or whatever it is when they do the uh, division two playoffs or whatever. They yeah. can they can do that, but they they can do it with your idea, but they'd have to expand the playoffs so that the Big Ten SEC we get more. They want more teams in. They want more teams. They in. want more of their teams, right? Because that's about them, right? But yeah. we're, we're we're trying to be um, good for the the sport, not just the SEC or the Big Ten, because uh, it would you know you you could make an argument that if the, under that model, which will never be adopted, you would. You know the the transfer portal issues may not be as as prevalent. The uh, the idea that you know all the all the the best players are going to one place because you're you know oh yeah all, the, all your best football players are going to well the they're going to be smart people team. saying well I can go over here and play yeah. and we can win we can win coming out of an easier conference kind of thing and get in the tournament. Twenty four teams in Division two football championship. See? That's basically what you're talking about. You're talking about everybody then the big and just basically everybody that you're. You can get your 10 if you're expanded to 24. I'm not saying it's going to happen. We're not just in hypothetical land. Uh, expanded to 24. Then all of your conferences, like you're saying, would get 10 in, and then you can still give the Big Ten and the SEC their extra what? That's right. They want their four each four pretty each. much. They want four in each. Boom, there you go. And Make everybody happy. And the big, yeah, no, uh, uh, that's what I'm saying. You're, you're ultimately going there anyway. Y'all know they're going to keep expanding this thing. Y'all know it's not going to stop. I told y'all as soon as it, it, it dropped, I was like, man, they're going to keep expanding. Now they're talking about 14. They're going to get to 16, and then they're gonna, it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep happening. Gonna, now, now, they may not go to 24. I'm not saying they'll get quick. But they'll get to a higher number than they are now. That's pretty obvious. So, I, I don't know. You might be on to something. But you're, what you're talking about is a – I mean, that's a, that's a pipe dream. We're past that now. 
we're at the point now where I think they're, the separation of the have and have-nots is there's going to be a major college football, um, whatever it is. We're in an Android, iPhone world where it's going to be Big Ten and the SEC pretty much. But I, I, will tell you, I will say this. I'm surprised at how much love they're showing to the Big 12 um, and the ACC. So they, the ACC is on the verge of some issues as well. We'll see how that settles. If that settles and the ACC can survive without well, you know, losing their blue bloods, then and, and by the way, they've shown you can lose blue bloods. By the way, and still re- keep your your power status. Well, I mean, that's to, what the Big Twelve did. To this conversation, you know what this is going to do if they go to this model you you mentioned off the top here uh, with three guaranteed to the SEC, three to the Big Ten, two yeah. ACC, two Big Twelve, and one at large guarantee, uh, and then the four, mm-hmm. you know, the three or four three. Uh, remaining. Yeah. Uh, wild cards. Um, you know, what you're going to do, it, it, because you can make the argument that even the Big Ten and the SEC, they're going to get their three or four. Uh, they'll get three guaranteed, possibly a fourth. Yeah. You're trying to consolidate the power structure of college football, right, in this pretty much 68 teams. So even if you're in the oh, SEC yeah. and the Big Ten, you want the ACC and the Big 12 teams to get better. Mm-hmm. You want parity of the NFL, right? You want them to improve, which essentially you're crushing the other six conferences. Yeah. You're, you're, you're separating. They become Division Two essentially. They become uh, the outliers. The point being, my idea would, would, would separate the power and would improve the overall quality of the sport, but they don't want that. No. They want it consolidated. They yeah. actually want fewer than 68 teams. Yeah. They want to go smaller than that. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, I'm down with you. I agree with you. That's they not want, the goal. That's not the goal. Yeah, because we don't, you don't have anybody, you don't have a governing body or a uniform body that is actually Looking for designed the good to, yeah, exactly, look. designed to look out for what's good for the overall sport of college football. No. You don't have that. that. The NFL has that, but you don't have that. You have a lot of different, I don't know, power structures in place. Whether sure. you're talking about the TV networks or the conference commissioners, the presidents, there are just a lot of different you know, chiefs and a lot of different cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, that yeah. are calling shots. So we actually don't know who's guiding this toward the you know monopolization and the consolidation of power in those two conferences. Is it the TV networks? Is it the commissioners? Is it the presidents? We have no idea. Is it all of them? I mean, we have no idea who actually is you know the driving force behind it. But it is about straight cash, homie. That's what they're doing for sure, and it, it, it really being yeah. driven mostly by the TV networks, right? And the uh, say, yeah, we, it could be it's probably them. You're right. TV networks and conference commissioners. Yeah, uh, and conference commissioners work for the school presidents. Yeah, there's a power vacuum in college football, actually. For sure, there's like no, there's no actually, there's nobody actually power calling and the shots. Leadership. leadership. Yeah, <laughs> and you can take that's when you take advantage, right? That's when you can come take advantage of a multi-billion-dollar industry like college football. Hundred percent. All right, a lot of news coming from the NFL scouting combine. Can I play? Uh, Ty, can you uh, uh, on the uh, on the DM there pull up the Tavondre Sweat talking about weighing in today? He's going to weigh in today. I thought he weighed in yesterday. They weigh in today. Weigh in today. Then they yeah. hit the field, Rod. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think, as far as the the entire combine, there's 321 prospects there. There's not a bigger person there than Tavondre Sweat, and there's not a bigger character than there is in Tavondre Sweat. I agree with that. Uh, can we hear this from Tavondre Sweat? I don't know if you were planning to use this in Behind the Burn Orange Curtain, but listen to T. Yeah, Sweat uh, talking about weighing in and where he thinks he'll be. This is pretty good stuff at the podium yesterday with T. Sweat uh, kind of taking holding court, as they say. Here's T. Sweat talking about uh, uh, his workout coming up today. Ma'am? Did you weigh in? I haven't. Okay. Weigh in tomorrow. So... Everybody that want to know, you'll see tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you expect? Or what do, where do you want to be to be the most effective that you could be as a player? Uh, this past season, I played 365, and that's where I feel comfortable at. That was a pretty big increase from what you played at previous seasons. What was behind that decision? Uh, you know, you know how man is. I mean, you want yourself. Um, we got to grow into our bodies. And... This is me, as y'all see. I'm a big guy, big frame, and that's just how it is. I just grew into my body, man. How Devon? much has your frame been a talking point with teams when you've been in interviews or had conversations? E- everyone, with everyone. But uh, let y'all know, I'm doing everything at the combine before y'all even ask. Uh, I feel like a lot of y'all gonna be like, when I run this 40, you know? Shock, I'm gonna shock a lot of y'all, you know? So, so what do you anticipate running? Four, 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 five. <laughs> yeah. No, he's legit. He's funny. The other guy said he was the funniest guy on the team. Yeah. Yeah. 
You can tell. You can tell now why. I mean, he's he's legit. He's got a great personality. That's pretty good. Like that. Tavondre Sweat will work out today. What do you think he weighs in at? Any any, any guesstimate? Mm, probably three fifty five. Three fifty five. Yeah, three fifty. Between three fifty and three fifty five. That'll probably come in during our show this morning. Yeah. They'll begin stepping on scales, and then they'll hit the field this afternoon. Uh, Byron Murphy, that was one that uh, I know was on the, the Bruce Feldman freaks list. Do you think he's going to have a heck of a combine? Uh, yeah, he's supposed to you know, put on the show uh, at, at the combine. Matter of fact, we'll hear from Byron Murphy during uh, Behind the Burn Orange Curtain a little bit. All right, that's good stuff. We'll hear more from Byron Murphy. We'll hear a little bit from, from Jalen Ford. All three, as I said in the headlines, Rod, confirmed that they've had informal meetings with the Cowboys and Texans. That is true. The tech, I mean, the Cowboys you know, should be trying to meet with all those guys. They need linebacker depth, and, you know, I, I think they could use an interior uh, run stopper like a Tavondre Sweat or a Byron Murphy. Good stuff. All right, we'll come back. When we do, Rod will take us behind the BOC for the end of the hour. We'll do a little uh, What the Facts as we roll forward on a busy Thursday. Uh, and, by the way, if you're on salary, Rod, which we are, we're working for free today. Sleep here. <laughs> Checks already in the bank. Uh, yeah, hey, you man. know what I'm saying. I, well, hey man, I'm a, I'm always trying to work. Hey, I don't I don't like I don't like working for free. Well, I, today's I, a free day. I'm always trying to work though. Today's the free day. Hey, this man. leap year, 29th of uh, February. Uh, we roll back. We'll get uh, back into the big stories of the morning. We'll go behind the BOC. It took him up with Ian Rod B. Just getting warmed up on a chilly Thursday. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Yeah, it's free day. Day's 366, right? It's normally 365 days a year. Today, 366. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a little extra day. A little, a little extra added day. value. A little added value. There you go. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's the way that goes. Uh, twenty. If you're looking at the calendar, 2028, you get an extra Saturday so you get an extra day of the weekend, I guess, is the way that'll work. I don't know. Uh, calendars, you know what I'm saying? Give you give you headaches. Just like this college football playoff formula, how they're going to agree to it behind, to beyond 2025. Uh, we're debating that. We're also talking some NFL scouting combine. Rod will take us behind the BOC. Happy birthday to Luka Doncic. He had a big night last night for the yeah, Dallas he Mavericks. He's turned 25 and posted his 11th triple-double of the year. She's trying um, to tell you. He's going to win the MVP. I think you're probably uh, at the in a strong the position Amen. there. With 30 points, 16 assists, 11 rebounds last night for your Dallas Mavericks. Uh, tough loss for the Texas women last night in Norman. A three-pointer essentially at the buzzer with four se- under four seconds to go. Uh, the Longhorns had a two-point lead at the time. They end up losing by a, 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 deuce, or a single point, 71-70 to 70 in Norman. Tough loss for Texas last night. So we're talking some hoops, plenty of football, and, uh, Rod, one story that I think, uh, uh, you know, because everybody important in the NFL is gathered in Indianapolis, correct? Yeah, man. It is like a football convention. It's a football convention. Yeah. And a story is, is percolating uh, out of the NFL. You know, the guy who caught the, t- the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl, Mecole Hardeman, mm-hmm. uh, on the, what is it called, Corn Dog? Uh, Corn Dog was the play. Corn Dog was the play. Second, second uh, Super Bowl in the road, winning play, yeah. Well, so there's reports coming out of New York now that there's a validated belief that while he was with the New York Jets, remember he was released by the Jets and you're traded back to the Chiefs from the Jets, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then he caught the touchdown pass. But um, Connor Hughes of SNY TV uh, put out a tweet and can, from, 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 based on his conversations with, with Jets players that there's a belief that Mecole Hardiman, frustrated by his lack of usage, Leaked game plans to the opposition while a member of the Jets. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as implied by several players, Sauce Gardner and Kenny Yoba wow. uh, in particular, Whoa. that the, the, the game against the Eagles that they won and then the game against the Chiefs, who he ended up playing for, that they believe he leaked game plan information to the opponent because he was mad that he wasn't getting to play. To the players? Like to a player or to a coach? How was that's the, that's, the communication? How, that's uncertain. Okay. It's, okay. it's very vague. How was it communicated is what I would like to know. And Okay. Yeah. And did they win those games? They beat the, they beat the Jets. They lost to the Chiefs. They beat the Jets. Okay. I mean, the, the Jets beat the yeah, Eagles. That's what I should say. The beat, beat the Eagles. The Jets beat the Eagles. Okay. Which was one of the more Damn. surprising games of the year. Remember, that the, that, that was the only Eagles' first loss in their so, first ten games. I hope that's 
I hope it's not true, first of all, because if the Eagles had inside information and still lost the game, that <laughs> does not bode well for the Eagles. But that's interesting. I, I mean, inside, you know, espionage, basically. He was, a, he, was a, he was a double agent working for the Chiefs, basically, because he was up playing for the Chiefs. I haven't heard anything like that before. I'm not going to lie to you. I know, me either. I haven't, I've heard of guys getting cut by teams, and then Belichick will bring them in yes. as, you know, hey, man, let's give me some information about this team. Now, that actually is something that's done regularly. You know, I think I've been one of those guys. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? It's, it, that happens. After a team cuts you or releases you, anybody can bring you in, you know, and especially your opponent, somebody that plays you. Um, but I haven't heard of a team, somebody on a team, at the time, giving inside information to another team—that is a violation of the highest order. That's that would might if you if you if you Goodell, you find out that's true, you got you get blackballed at that point. Yeah, you might have to put a you might have to if take, proven. Yeah, you might have to like expel them from the league and be like, yeah, you gotta reapply to get into the league. That because that's crazy in the gambling world that we live in now. Oh my god, you cannot have right it. it, it Come on now. Think about that. Think about the ramifications and the, the environment we live in where gambling now is mainstream and you got a dude doing that kind of stuff. Oh, no, you got to put the kibosh on it. You're going to have to I, put the kibosh if you find out it's true. I know it's, it's not the same, but it reminds me. Have you all seen that video of when uh, Cam Newton and Luke Keekley are talking to Josh Norman on FaceTime when he played for, I think it was Washington? And they're like, hey. Uh-uh. <laughs> and Josh Norman's like, hey, is Olsen playing this week? And, and, and Luke Keekley's like, no, he's not playing. He's hurt. And Cam Newton looks at him like, Come on, man. You're not supposed to tell him, like, you basically. Yeah, don't be saying that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, what are you doing? What the hell are you doing, man? Like, so yeah. I feel like it could, if it really, it could be, you know. Just I don't, casual? Be casual like that. I don't know. Okay. Obviously. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a great point. Well, you're right we, about that. that. Now, casual stuff, that that could happen, you know, but uh, if well, he did it not, intentionally. Well, here's if he's sending, like, playbooks it? and plays and yeah. stuff, then that's, yes. that's if bad. If it's premeditated to that, that extent, yeah, you guys, that's bad. Here is – this is from Pro Football Talk. It says, in the midst of some belated public acrimony between the Jets and receiver Miko Hardiman, a doozy of a report has emerged. Here's doozy. this tweet from Connor Hughes of SNY.TV. Quote, yes, I'm told there was validated belief from the Jets that Miko Hardiman, frustrated by a lack of usage, leaked game plans to the opposition, as Ooh. implied by several players, Sauce Gardner and Kenny Yubo- Yeboa, today. Mm. Uh, not just the Eagles game, but the Chiefs game. Man. Yeah. That's, and then. Like I said, who, who received the information? If it's true, who received the information on the other side? How was it communicated? Because uh, that's where Ty's point, you know, I think it's valid. It could have been just. It's, ca- it's casual. Something could have been something really casual, like and he, they, that un- that was unintentional. But it's game plans. Yes, game plans. Game. That's yeah, like I said, they Roger Goodell would have to expel him, like from the league. Like, and he would have to like reapply. Because like I said, in the gambling environment, you got to treat it just like that. So I guess kick him out for a year or a year suspension, whatever it is. Like that is cause that's a violation of the of the highest degree. Yes, uh, and, and, a, and a break of the trust of the locker room. Oh, what happens in the locker room stays in the man. locker room at all times, correct? Dude, you, oh, that is, like I said, I, I really, that's never even crossed my mind. Like I said, the closest thing to it is guys already cut and released, and, you know, one of your op- upcoming opponents or a divisional rival will bring them in, like, hey, come on over here. What you got to, you know, you got anything, you know, on your, no, usually they don't have anything <laughs> to really offer uh, that, that, that the film doesn't already show you. So, but that's that's interesting. It's speculative at this point, but uh, just Ooh. one to keep an eye. On. One uh, to keep an eye. On. That is, that and is. He is the man, man and the player who caught the game-winning touchdown to win Super Bowl Fifty-Eight. Wow. Yeah. Um, and he's been doing. He's been. Matter of fact, we can do that. Maybe in who said that? We. He's got. He's put some stuff. He's been. You know, making the rounds and talking a lot. Anyway, actually. And I don't know. Maybe that's blowback for him talking. I don't know when they made those statements, but. That's really, really interesting. That is interesting. All right, All right. can we go behind the burnt orange curtain, get some uh, Texas football chatter coming out of the combine? 11 Longhorns in Indianapolis. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? Okay, let's go behind the burnt orange curtain and talk about some of these uh, players at the NFL Combine. Um, Tony Pauline, who covers the NFL Draft, he's been a uh, 
longtime draft analyst. Um, he's actually he's one of my actually favorite follows, but he's a consulting editor for the NFL draft analyst. Um, and he said this about Byron Murphy. And you just played the clip uh, not too long ago, last segment of Tavondre Sweat holding court <laughs> uh, with the media. So he's he's a media darling already uh, because he gives them great content. But Byron Murphy, and we'll hear some sound from audio from Byron Murphy. Um, he's expected to have a great combine. Um, he's on that Bruce Feldman's freaks list. Um, you, there's also uh, a great article uh, on The Athletic uh, talking to him about the expectations for himself at the Combine. He claims that he was the strongest player on the team at Texas in terms of bench press and squat. Had him, they said they had him tracked at 18 miles per hour uh, running at 300-some pounds. At, that's, if he's running a 4849 at that kind of weight, that is going to be really freakish. But this is what Tony Pauline said. Byron Murphy, D-Tackle Texas, was, was the most physically impressive defender this morning during the NFL Combine media session. I'm told he already has 25 official meetings here in Indy. <laughs> uh, still hearing the Vikings at 11. Uh, so he's hearing the Vikings at 11, potentially. I mean, it seems like more and more we're just hearing, you know, Byron Murphy rising up draft boards, even without the freakish Combine. And like I said, he's expected uh, to be, you know, one of the more freakish uh, showcases at the NFL Combine. Um, so he's had a lot of meetings. He's also met with, I think, the Texans uh, and I, I believe the Cowboys may have had an informal meeting with him. Um, so we'll get his thoughts because he actually was asked about playing for the Cowboys. But the the first piece of audio is, I think, pretty cool. Corey Mose actually, I believe, is the one that I got it from. Um, and Ty, if you can have it ready, it is the audio uh, when he was at. I think he was asked about players at Texas, like who to look out for next season. Uh, and I think it's a really interesting answer. Uh, here is Byron Murphy when he was asked about uh, who to look out for this season for Texas. Uh, I say on defense, I'm pretty sure y'all heard of him. He's a freshman. I say Anthony Hill. Let's now, I say uh, when it's time for him, you know, for him to come, you know, and uh, do this process, I feel like he's going to be a first-round guy. So just be on the lookout for him. All right, that's uh, my man Byron Murphy saying that he thinks uh, <laughs> that Anthony Hill is going to end up being a first-round pick. Thoughts, thoughts on that, him being the first-round pick? It's hard to do that linebacker. If they continue to move him around as a movable chess piece, showcase his freakishness and versatility, yes, it's possible. If they cannot leave him there at off-ball linebacker and inside and don't move him around, I don't know if it's it's that's I don't know if you're gonna showcase enough of his versatility to do that on the field. You gotta move him could, around. So could be like a Michael Parsons kinda kind of player. Yes. Though. Exactly. You can move you gotta move him around on the edge, show he can rush on the edge, show he can blitz through the middle, show he can drop and cover. You gotta just showcase he can do all that stuff, but you gotta showcase it. Yeah, he's just, a rare athlete. There's yes. no question about that. I mean, the number one player in the state of Texas. I mean, if you're that talented, uh, you've got first-round ability, uh, big picture. And, and you don't think the NFL and the scouts aren't looking at those things. They understand who are the top players and, you know, when they're 18. They know who the top players are when they're 20 and 21 That's years true. old, too. They do the research. Uh, they are watching. They're keeping an eye. And if you're that, that uh, you know, Colin Simmons, kind of that kind of thing coming out of Duncanville, don't think the NFL's not already keeping an eye on him and how he develops and emerges. Because uh, when, you're, when you're the best player in the state of Texas, Ron, Says you're really talented. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. really talented. You and are. that's what the NFL is looking for, talent. That's what this is all about. You're looking for difference makers. And, um, you know, I do think Texas and, um, you know, Pete Kwiatkowski, we saw Mike Golick Jr., remember with the tweet about, you know, make this your yeah. foundation in which you build your defense on, you know, be really good and everywhere, and then and use this guy as, a, as, as an assassin, essentially. Just use Anthony Hill to wreck games. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I think you absolutely. If you feel pretty good about the rest of your 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 coverages, your new new rebuilt secondary, uh, you find yourself a Mike linebacker that you really trust, and then the defensive front and the edges are stronger. This guy can just be a piece that that uh, you move around and play chess with and wreak havoc. Yes, because he he's do. just too athletic for most college football I totally players. Agree with that yeah, uh, no, that's great. I think I said that's that's he's the strong key and fast to him being a first rounder. Yeah, just. Move him around, let him be versatile. Uh, all right, a couple of more pieces of sound from uh, Byron Murphy because apparently he was he was holding court as well. 
Um, this time, it, it's the uh, tie. It's the Blake Monroe uh, tweet where Byron Murphy is asked about Xavier Worthy and Ad Mitchell and JT Sanders. Um, <laughs> he's asked to to pick out who's a better athlete between those three guys overall. Um, I thought it was interesting, and um, <laughs> he also makes a makes a, a statement about who he would take in a basketball game. Who's a better hooper between those two? Here is uh, Byron Murphy. Who's the best athlete, Xavier Worthy, Adonai Mitchell, or Jatavian Sanders? Man, uh, that's hard right and there. Time but. next will go. Whew. Man, I'll probably say X. X. Okay. X. Okay, thank you. X, I'm yeah. a big Xavier Worthy guy. Well, when, he's not covering him, so you got to take it for a grain of salt. <laughs> Byron might saying. be able to cover yeah. him. He can do just about everything. All right, this might be a little easier. If you're, if you're, start, if you're playing basketball two-on-two, two, who, who it's, it's you four guys in the mix. Who's, who's your, who you drafting first? Oh, uh, man, I'm drafting uh, X off, off the rip. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there he, we go. Over Adonai? I, I never seen uh, AD hoop, but okay. I know X. <laughs> Sometimes guys might, might be good football yeah. players, not very good basketball yeah. players. But, okay. X, but X for sure, I'm taking him first. Thank you. Now we're, we're making some movement, Rick. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. Over Even over Jatavian, who, who could be like a four. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll take him, too. He, yeah. He's a good Hooper, too, You're but I'll take X, though, for sure. Man, he's a big X fan of Hooper. I got to tell you, X must be – Xavier Worthy must be a really good Hooper because uh, he was he was pretty adamant. Like, nah, man, I'm taking X. X is – no, it's X. Uh, so, uh, that Byron Murphy, uh, like I said, I, I, both of the D tackles apparently were showcasing at the media uh, media availabilities at the NFL Combine. All right, uh, both also are have been mocked. Both uh, T-Sweat and also Byron Murphy have been mocked to the Cowboys and both to the Texans. I've seen – I haven't seen Byron Murphy to the Cowboys, but I've seen Byron Murphy to the Texans, and I've seen Tavondre Sweat to the Cowboys. So – and, hell, if the Texans are interested in, in Byron Murphy, I mean, they should be interested in Tavondre Sweat too. Uh, but here is Tavondre Sweat – I mean, so here is Byron Murphy when he was asked about playing for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, this is Byron Murphy at the media days asking about – playing for his hometown team. Byron, what would it mean to get drafted by the Houston Texans and play for a coach like D'Amico Ryan's in that swarm mentality defense? Uh, man, it'll, it'll mean a lot, uh, you know, getting drafted by Houston. Uh, you know, also just staying in Texas, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with that because I'm from Texas, you know, but uh, it'll mean a lot playing for D'Amico Ryan, you know, uh, a young, uh, a young African-American coach. So uh, it'll mean a lot to me. Uh, that's the Texans one. Yep, because he was also asked about playing for the Texans. Uh, here's the one where he's asked about playing for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Is it's is the uh, is it about Byron Murphy or Tavondre Sweat playing for the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, Byron Murphy. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry, I got you. Yeah, here we go. No worries. Byron, you said you haven't met with the Dallas Cowboys yet, but what would it mean to be a part of that organization? Uh, you know, uh, you know, it'll mean a lot because you know I'm from, I'm from Dallas, so uh, you know it'll, it'll be a blessing, you know, to play back home, play play for my home city. So it, it'll it'll mean a lot for sure. Uh, the Cowboys, he won't be there for the Dallas Cowboys to draft. Uh, if he drops to the Texans, that'd be great too. I don't think he'll be there for the Texans, even though the Texans like drafting guys from Texas. I don't know if he'll be there for them. Um, because right now the projections are he's gonna his draft stock's gonna increase after the combine after he shows off some freakish uh, abilities at the NFL combine. T Sweat also we uh, we heard from him earlier talking about his forty time and uh, his weight, which is the biggest concern. He's gonna weigh in today, uh, but he has been mocked to the Dallas Cowboys on several mocks that I've seen. The Cowboys could be interested in drafting a D a D tackle. It won't be in the first round. That'll be if T-Sweat drops to the second round. Some people believe that he could be there. There are others uh, that believe that he's a first-round pick. I think Mel Kuyper said he believes he's a first-round pick, even though I don't know if he had him mocked as a first-round pick. Um, but also Jim Nagy, the executive at the Senior Bowl, said he doesn't think he should drop out of the first round. But if Tavondre Sweat is there in the second round, the Cowboys might be interested. Here is what he had to say about playing for the Cowboys. Uh, it went great, actually. Uh, first, I got to give a shout out to my guy Paxton. He was in there, so that was pretty cool, you know, seeing him on the other side and not as my teammate, you know, so that was pretty cool. But it went great. Uh, he actually, yeah, apparently uh, somebody he knew um, was at the, the meeting um, that he had with the Dallas Cowboys because he met with the Dallas Cowboys. Paxton's, uh, Paxton's Jerry's grandson. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so, oh, say, so, yeah, I guess, oh, you knew him from the, from his time on the team. Yeah, he played at Texas. Okay, yeah. Um, so, apparently, it, it might have went well. Remember, Paxton gave a glowing endorsement, I think, for DeMarvion Overshone, didn't he? Yeah, you remember, uh, yeah, last year, Jerry in the war room called Paxton to ask hey, about DeMarvion Overshone's uh, character. Hey, Pax. Hey, Pax. Hey, Pax. Hey, <laughs> give, me the, give me the scoop. Give me the scoop. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, just what, what's he like? We know what he, what he is as a player. We can watch his film, but what's he like as a teammate? That kind of stuff. Yeah, so maybe Timondre Sweat's going to get one of those uh, glowing endorsements from uh, Pax, too. So uh, he could be a cowboy if he slips to the second round. I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he'll slip. You have to trade up for him if he slips here, because I think he'll be taken early in the in the second round. But I I think he's one. Of the, I think they're the two top D tackles. I think both of them are. I think if you want to, if you want to D, and if Byron Murphy goes really early, um, I don't know if you're looking for a D tackle. I think T Sweat could be that guy. I think he's I think he's got a lot of value. I think he's going to be a really good player. I think they're they've been undervaluing T Sweat so far because of his weight, which I think is a little crazy. Like I mean, he plays at three sixty five. He's a huge human being. He just is. They're worried about him getting even bigger. I don't think that's a concern, but it could be. For sure. I mean, uh, about him getting like three seventy. I was like, you know, it's a first round investment, so uh, you know, you you have to trust. But you know, he's he's seems like a mature guy uh, who who's going to anchor his part part of the line of scrimmage. And uh, you know, he and Byron Murphy together were devastating. We know that. They but were. You're going to be putting next to other NFL players. I don't hear anybody in the NFL is not a good player. Uh, so Devondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, Jalen Ford, all working out today. Good stuff in behind the BOC. We'll have more from that. A lot of audio coming out of uh, Indianapolis. We told you it would be coming as they uh, meet the media, hit the podium, and today they'll actually hit the field and do their drills and weigh-ins and all those things. So we we'll certainly have plenty to talk about as we move forward. When we come back, we'll get some what the facts, including a bit of a controversy brewing out of a college basketball ride, which you got to get to. Also, uh, the rest of your Thursday morning. Hook them up with Ian Rod B. Rolls on. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. All right, welcome back to Hook Em Up with Ian Rod B. Time for What the Facts. Got a couple of facts for you. Uh, we'll get into that here in just a second. Uh, my man Luca, how about this factoid? Just turned 25. Only twice in NBA history has a player averaged 32, 8, and 8 over a full season. First, MJ, 1988, 89. Second, Luca, last year. Luca, I'm telling you. And now he's averaging this season 34 and a half. 8.8 and 9.6 assists per game. He's about to do it again. I'm telling you. I, I, my Black Stradamus prediction, Luka is going to win the MVP. It was his year. He was trending that way anyway, but now it seems to be the time. Hey, Rod, as we talk about, uh, I, I think you're probably accurate on that. Uh, they got to win some more games, and they did last night beat Toronto after getting buzzer beatered the night before in Cleveland. But, uh, yeah, he's putting up, as we said, uh, the first player to this far into a season to be accounting for over 58, 58 points per game for his team, either scoring or assisting on. 58 points per game. Yeah. No one's ever done that. Yeah, like, I guess Jordan, nobody uh, ever. That's pretty incredible. Hey, how about this? You know, as we get ready for the combine, right, Rod, you've been through this. They do all your medicals. You know, people have t I've, I've seen people wondering why it's always in Indianapolis and uh, why they don't move it around and move it else places. You know that uh, – um, back in 2008 when Lucas Oil Stadium was built, where they host that in Indianapolis right there in downtown, they ran fiber optic lines uh, underground that connected to the local hospital, allowing them to analyze 600-plus MRIs and 1,200-plus X-rays in real time so they can do the medicals right there. Wow. That's part of why it's so convenient to me. Yeah. We've talked about they never have to go outside because of all the tunnels and the. Uh, they don't want you outside. Yeah, they don't want you outside. They, they want you want in you the bubble. They, they want, want you, you in the, uh, yeah, they do. The, the science fiction film known as The Combine. Man. Uh, but literally, they can do the medicals there at the stadium, and they don't have to go to the hospital. 
They, they ran specific fiber optic lines to connect with the hospital so they can do it from the bubble. It's never leaving Indianapolis. <laughs> right. I know. And give, give Indianapolis credit for having the foresight to say, you know what, if we build all this into our football stadium, we'll never lose the combine. And it's always yeah. a huge source of revenue for them and obviously focus on what they do there. But, yeah, uh, 2008 they did that. 600 MRIs, 1,200-plus X-rays in real time connected directly to the hospital. Yeah, no, I, I'm not surprised by that. I guess that's the NFL has never even. I don't think they've ever even entertained or talked about actually moving it around. That's been an idea from the media and other people like that, but um, I don't think they've talked about it. And that's that's one of the reasons why. Even now, I see that they. I, I was watching um, Peter Schrager, who does a good job uh, covering the NFL. From uh, what was that morning show on? Uh, was it Good Morning Football? Good Morning Football on NFL and Network. He talks about how he found like these these rooms now where they have where players can warm up. They're just these huge like conference rooms now where you can go warm up for the forties and do all this. Stuff. They didn't have that stuff when I was out there. Like when I went to the combine, like they didn't have that kind of stuff. So they've they've like renovated the state like the stadium just for the combine. Yeah. Just so those guys could just so there's more access and. I don't know how they're doing it now, but I, I know they're going to open it up now to fans. I don't know, but I, I know that's going to happen. They said they're going to open it up to fans. I just don't know exactly how many fans can go and what you know what the plan is, but that's going to be wild too when you know fans are in attendance. They may already be in attendance, if I'm not mistaken. I know that's the plan for the NFL. They want to do that. Anyway, uh, what the facts? How about this one? Uh, Malik Neighbors. This is why this guy is rising fast up draft boards. He led the FBS with 120.7 receiving yards per game, second in the FBS with uh, 1,569 receiving yards, third in the FBS with 14 receiving touchdowns, fourth in the Power Five with 589 yards after the catch, and he led the SEC in receptions in back-to-back seasons and is LSU's all-time leader in receptions and receiving yards. I had no idea he was so prolific. I really didn't. Like, I, I, I knew he was good. I didn't know he was that prolific, actually. So there are, lot, there are a lot of stats now coming out about how explosive Malik Neighbors is because right right now they're comparing him to Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr. Almost even. They, yeah, in, in, terms grade. Of, in terms of, yeah, the projections there right now saying those guys are in the same neighborhood. They love Malik Neighbors right now. I got to go back and watch watch him too. I, like I said, I had no idea he was that prolific, that he was, you know, this guy was unstoppable pretty much <laughs> last yeah, season. What the facts, Rod? More and more you see the Teslas on the road, the Tesla vehicles. Yes, sir. Elon Musk says Tesla is working with SpaceX to get the new Roadster model to go 0 to 60 in less than one second. 0 to 60 in less than one second. They're working with their rocket division. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Why not, I guess, would be the answer. Elon Musk says Tesla working with SpaceX to get the new Roadster to go 0 to 60 in less than one second. That would crush the current 1.74 seconds, 0 to 60, set by the $2.2 million uh, Remac Nevera. I said, why? What, what, why do I need Zero to 60 in one second. Why do I need that and for my everyday <laughs> use? Like what, what? Less than one second. You know what I mean? That, uh, it's not applicable for real life. Like, I don't need that. Now, how does it, does it look really cool? Is it just like a sports car? Just it looks? Well, yeah, well, and so it, the Remac, I think it's how we said it. The Remac Nevera costs you $2.2 million. Nah, we, the new say. Tesla Roadster would cost about 250000 I guess if you've got a need for speed. Zero to thing. 60 in less than one. If you've got a need for speed, go ahead. But nah, said, I, I don't. I don't it. need to drive a rocket. I, yeah, yeah, to <laughs> me, I don't, I don't need that. I know some people have, you know, they want to get the thrill of it. You know, they, they're kind Not of Not all of us can run stuff. fast like you, Rob. Some people are adrenaline junkies, and they just they need that stuff. I, just see. give me on a roller coaster. I'm good. I'm good. I'll just ride a roller coaster or something like that. Do you like those ones that, like, sudden jolt forward? Yeah, that's no, what this would be. I, I, yeah, exactly. A roller, roller coaster will satisfy my adrenaline junkie needs. I'm good. I don't need to do that. See, some of us slow white guys, Rod, you can run fast. So sometimes we need not to anymore. go. <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. You could used to. I used to. <laughs> not no more. Trust me. So we want to run fast. As, as I get older, I, I want to go slower. <laughs> I don't need to go faster. Hell no. And is that self-driving too? Self-driving for sure. Is it going to be self-driving oh, from yeah, zero to 60? It's a Tesla. Oh, hell no. <laughs> hell no. Those things are, I, I don't know. I don't trust them when they're driving like 20 or 30. No, not, we're not doing that. 
All right, we'll come back. Heartbreaking loss for the Texas women last night. Hear more from Byron Murphy, Tavondre Sweat, Jalen Ford from the Combine. Rod's got a rant coming up first of a Thursday. Be careful out there. Hook him up with Ian Rodby.